a bonus banter where we answer your questions and talk about nothing. It's bigger. It's better. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for bonus banter number two. Welcome back to bonus banter, everyone. I hope everyone has been enjoying uh, bonus banter. Cause I hope you think it sucks. I, I have I been hope loving this, makes this you idea. Angry. Uh, I have been thoroughly enjoying the time to just uh, like before we record the rest of our episodes in a day, just sit down and talk about um, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, it's quite delightful. Mm-hmm. It's almost just Get like regular hanging out. ready for 20 minutes of silence. Listen, <laughs> the best talk shows have no sustenance to them whatsoever. I mean, that's like most, honestly, that's sustenance? most other podcasts. Can yeah. you mean substance or sustenance? Why not both? Like, Poor Candolo's dose. Okay. In, in the uh, most respectful sense, a lot of other <laughs> podcasts are just people talking about whatever. And we have the like obligation to actually learn a game and play it and make it sound good. So when we get the chance to just talk about nothing, it's freaking great. Uh, but we're going to talk about very specific nothings. Nothing sent in by our listener. Nothings that are important to some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe even something. Uh, but it's funny. This week, I was actually planning to just talk about like a couple things anyway. Uh, I wanted to... There was something I wanted us to talk about, but we got mm-hmm. a listener question in this morning yeah before yeah. we started recording send uh, in more questions and give us more oh, please don't give us too many but yes no oh, give um, us too two many is not so we too can many. ignore people i want to feel popular <laughs> we got a question from someone Same. that i don't think has uh responded on like youtube before which is great because Welcome. that's what bonus banter is all yeah. about is we've been active on our youtube comment section of course but like bonus banter if you don't want to deal with youtube and you want to send in something for us to talk about it lets you like the podcast first people have a have a way to interact with the show more directly. Um, and uh, we got a question from Jan in Germany. Uh, is there anything you feel is still missing from Pathfinder 2nd Edition, such as like ancestries, classes, adventure stereotypes, or anything else? Personally, I'd love to see the shifter class make a comeback as a full marshal. Uh, as Wild Druid is rather <sighs> underwhelming at fulfilling the shif- the shapeshifter power fantasy. Also pirate adventure. Uh, agreed on all points. Yeah. So why don't we kick it around the table? Is there anything from uh, maybe Pathfinder First Edition or just from other RPGs that you feel like is not represented? Or is there just some concept that you have that you wish you could see uh, further fleshed out in 2E? Well, I'll just start off first. I'm quite happy with 2E. Everything that I enjoyed doing in Pathfinder 1E has only gotten better by being in 2E. So I'm a bit of an oddball here. I didn't play any niche classes that I desperately want to see back. I didn't enjoy a million and one options that overwhelmed me and had traps. I love the balance. I love the stuff. I don't love the crunch. Um, I will say that sometimes I have been a little underwhelmed with some of the options for Swashbuckler, which apparently is a bit of a consensus online. Mm. Um, But I'm really happy with Tui. Just going to start with a, nah, we good. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, I feel like what makes Tui really strong and also underwhelms some people at the same time is that it has a lot of options, obviously. It has a lot of classes, 
Um, but where in one E, like you just got a feat every odd level and you had a massive pool of all the feats to choose from. And there weren't the only restrictions were the feat prerequisites. There weren't like traits like only, or this is a, in two E you have like different categories of feet. You got skill feet, uh, ancestry feet, general feet and class feet. And so there's a lot of feats, but they're like separated into smaller lists that you qualify for. Which so whenever to me makes it better. Whenever you're making a decision, you have a smaller th- list of things to choose from. Whereas in one, you get a feat and there are so many. And so sifting through them can just be a nightmare. That's very fair. <sighs> I think two, we could use more options. Yeah, I figured <laughs> the yeah. opposite side of the coin on the it's opposite like, side of the table. Let me get my opinion out first I, because I'm the weird ball, the oddball at the table. I love 2E, but one of the things I liked about 1E was the sheer number of options. And I don't know. I just like it. I like the crunch. I like it when things mm-hmm. are complicated, but understandable. Understandable. And, uh, exactly. Which is exactly what 1E was. It's complicated, but once you get it, you get it. Um, then I never got it. You had to work at it. I some, think but the you, reason, yeah. the thing about uh, 1E is that there are a lot of options, but there's only so many kind of base builds. For example, if you want to build an archer. There's lots of options, but there's not a lot of viable options. There's not a lot of good options. Yeah. Well, there's there's the whole spectrum of good, great, and then meh, and then terrible, right? Yeah. Uh, but like in 1E, if you want to build an archer, there's only so many ways to do that effectively. I mean, that's true, but it's like that in every game. Yeah, but in in 2E, basically the not great choices are not even there, and you have a smaller list of good choices. Yeah, but having bad choices and good choices, just the the side effect of having a lot of choices. Right. But also having a lot of choices means you have more chance for good choices. I'm getting to the point with the investigator where my next couple of feet levels don't really have too many actually great things. What I'm going to do, I'm going to back and down to like feats level two or four. And that's kind of a bummer to not to, when you finally get to the higher levels to not have as many good options at higher levels. And they're all just kind of meant or very situational, but that's the, that's also the side effect of situational stuff. It's great when you need it, but most of the time you don't, but that's just kind of like nitpicky. I actually, I do really want the, the shifter into E. I agree. I'd uh, love that. I, I did a shifter in one E and shifter was another one of those where almost all the options are horrible except for the adaptive shifter and the adaptive shifter. My beloved uh, <laughs> is wonderful. Now the other one was bad if it had exactly what you were going for, but you had to, it didn't have like wild shape willy nilly. You had specific wild shapes you had to choose, but the adaptive shifter fixed that. But I would love to see shifter in two E. I think it'd be great. Um, I wish there was more, They've released a, another rule set for crafting, and crafting was always a complaint. But I think what I'm really looking for is I would like more practical crafting rules because no matter how you craft, you need a long time to do it. And I would like to have options for crafting that doesn't mean you have to take an entire day to do it. Like crafting options for taking your evenings at the end of an adventure day Mm -hmm. to do some crafting. Even if it's slower, um, I think it would make more sense then because in the middle of an adventure, some adventures just don't have a lot of downtime and that means you can't craft. So I'd like an option, even if it was a feat you had to take to craft during an adventure um i think that'd be pretty fun um oh, pirate adventure would be kind of fun pirate adventure but we haven't Pirates even played the pirate adventure in 1e yet yeah so we still have that to look forward to um but let's see other things that are missing there's not a whole lot that's missing in 2e i'd say 
Um, but I, I would like the shifter. The one other thing I would have asked for is the kineticist, but that's coming out this summer. Yeah, um, I was about to say, that's like the main thing you were looking or, forward to, and they're doing it. They have a whole book where it's the only class in it. Yeah, so I, I am looking forward to that because I love the kineticist in 1E. Yeah, it's it's very little things I'm looking for in 2E because they've got horror adventures, even if we probably aren't going to play them. Um, they've got, I'd, I'd like an adventure that's, a bit out there. I want one that's a bit weird, kind of like Reign of Winter in 1E. Right. One where you don't quite know what's going to happen next. And I also haven't played or even know every adventure path. So maybe there is one like that, but I, I would like one that's just just like, what in the world is going on? But in a good way. Uh, and Reign of Winter is my best example of that. That's a good example, yeah. Drossif. <laughs> Thank you. Your formal title. That one's for master. Count Drossif. Um, I'm underwhelmed with the wizard in second edition. Hmm? Just straight up, yeah. Uh, I understand that they did have to nerf, and I, I'm actually glad that this happened, that they had to nerf magical casters. Yeah. As far uh, as damage is, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but. They're basically like, they don't let the damage ones like overstep more martial characters. Which I appreciated. Yeah, you can still do damage, but it's just you're limited to like AOE kind of stuff. There was uh, an archetype that I really liked, and it was also like a, a hybrid class, the Arcanist, mm. and because of that, the Exploiter Wizard. There is something similar to that where you're able to like switch up a spell with 10 minutes where you're able to have like a uh, a spell that gives you something similar but I miss the arcane pool. I miss the intricacies that you can conjure up by spending points from that with like... That, that's a big 1E mechanic that did not get translated yeah. into second edition. Is a lot of pools. Yeah, a lot of classes pools. had point pools that you use. That's how the swashbuckler used to work in 1E. And but the now magus, right? And the magus, swashbuckler, magus, gunslinger had grit. Mm -hmm. But rather than do that, they went with the, like the swashbuckler has its one point of panache. Well, they, they've split it, um, right? Uh, instead of, well, they just have panache being a on or off thing. Mm -hmm. But with all these things, either either got put into focus abilities or mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm going to use 4E terminology, but that's really what it is. They have uh, encounter powers. They have uh, daily powers yeah. and they have at will powers, right? So they make things like feats or uh, actions in combat with the flourish trait. So once per round or once per 10 minutes. Yeah. Or focus, which is kind of the same thing, or once per day. They, they got a ri rid of a lot of the, uh, and there were a lot of things that were equivalent to points, like the adaptive shifter could only use its ability a certain number of times a day based off of its level and a modifier. So I think 12 is what I was up to with uh, Pavel. Um, yeah. So that was the consequence of getting rid of some of those things. So I think that that's because, you know, Pathfinder 2nd Edition sort of does promote a 15 minute adventuring day. Mm. And it's also simpler. More so than first edition. Did. I disagree yeah. because in second edition, you, could, you got basically unlimited out of combat healing. And uh, I mean, we don't have a spellcaster, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of daily resources that you have to stop 
adventuring, you know. A, a wizard in 2E is not useless after two combats, even at level yeah. one, because they could have like a focus point. And that is the focus points are essentially your per combat abilities. Yeah. Because you can't get a focus point back during a combat. It's a, it's an encounter power. Um, so yeah, you're right. You could just keep going all day long, but um, it's a simpler way of doing what 1E did with the point system. Because rather than having 15 and barbarian rage rounds were the mm-hmm. same way, because a barbarian can rage all day long in 2E, but in 1E, you had like five rounds of rage per day. Yeah. Or it increased per level. It's just a very, it's it's how they got rid of that. And instead of and, having like three different pools of abilities, you have focused. <laughs> I think another thing that is quite distinctly missing in second edition is nations of evil just straight up. I feel as though a lot of the evil and bad things have been wiped from Galarian in the course of like five years. Or lessened to an ext- a lot. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's evil, but they're not as evil as they were because they got rid of things like slavery. It's yeah. Like, no, let us build a party of people that can destroy them. Like as much as I'm sure people want to kick the crap out of, uh, you know, capitalists, I could do that in real life if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to fight off a group of pirates Right. I need fantasy evil, not yeah. real world evil. Please, dear God, let me escape the real world evil. Yeah. I don't want to see Jeff Bezos over in Geb. <laughs> no, that also encroaches on <laughs> Now I'm just envisioning the undead ghost of Geb as like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Uh Man, I feel like an anti-party member today. It's like, nah, I'm happy with the changes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you like what you like, and that's fine. You don't have to agree No, with no, it, it's, it's a cool feeling. none of us are saying you're wrong. It's because 2E is great. It's just a different game system than 1E is. And because of how they've done, certain things don't translate the same. Like the Kinetis class is going to be very different yeah. than it was in 1E. Uh, based off of the, um, what's it, the, the, the beta? The playtest. The playtest. It's already very, very different than it was in One E, uh, and uh, I'm still interested in playing it because I love the kineticist flavor. But mm-hmm. it's going to be really, really different than what I was expecting. And it's a lot of. It's the same way for a lot of classes. I got some things I'd like to see come to Two E. A lot of it is looking at my One E bookshelf and saying like that was a cool thing. They should figure out how to do it in Two E. Uh, one of them, I think, is there are some cl- uh, things that were classes that are now archetypes, and I know why, because the game systems work differently. Yeah. But Cavalier used to be its own class. War it's, Priest was its own class. Yeah, and there are both archetypes now. Um, I'm, I liked the Slayer class. I'm not sure exactly where it would slot in. Oh, now Slayer class is fun. Well, does mm-hmm. Ranger even work the same way with Hated Enemy? Uh, it, I haven't it, looked at Ranger. Basically, Ranger, I mean, Slayer and 1E was a hybrid class of Ranger and Rogue. So you can get there uh, effectively. Basic, is it because isn't Ranger now more like Slayer was, where it's instead of hunting a it specific is. prey, you just say, I'm hunting you, and it, it can it be is. anything. But like, there was this, the flavor around Slayer was oh, really fun. Yeah. Um, and that counts for a lot. Ar- Ar- I agree with you. Arcanist was one of my favorite spellcasting classes. Um, I also really thought Blood Rager was a cool idea. Uh, you can, yeah. Again, you can do all these things in 2E. It's just they're either archetypes or uh, some combination that you have to put together yourself, but you can do it. It's just, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, one thing I'd like to see more of is we don't have prestige classes in 2E. 
Um, so there's like archetypes that don't start to higher levels and they kind of function like them. I wish we could see some more of those because I think those are nice. Yeah. Um, uh, one non one thing that I want to see is I really like Warlock from 5e. And so what hmm. I'd love to see is kind of like either a more martial or hybrid martial caster like Magus and Summoner are in 2e but uh, basically a pseudo martial witch class that functions like warlock. Oh, like with a patron. With a patron, oh, okay. but a more martial focus. And either with like uh, mostly full martial with like focus abilities or partial casting like they did with Magus. I think that would be really cool. Um, but we'll see. And Mythic. Mythic. mythic that works. was the other thing I was going to mm. say as I didn't get to play Mythic um, but Mythic was a really big part of 1E and a cool thing that basically is what happens when you hit level 20 or you want your characters not just be fantasy heroes but like very strong uh, potentially deific figures. Like, yeah. mm. You want to be gods. Right. Um, and the game is set up to go past 20 and I think that's where they should think about adding it because you could just take the proficiency system and go past legendary. Like you could have mythic one or mythic two and then you just scale up your proficiencies even higher. Um, or even just a mythic archetype would work. I mean, it's it's how it worked in 1E. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to add both. You'd have to add yeah. higher scaling proficiencies and basically instead of having mythic ranks in 1E, you just go to level like 30 and then uh, you would have mythic archetypes you could take yeah. to give you like feats um, and stuff to do. Um, but yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff I could see. Uh, Adventure-wise, I feel like there's a massive untapped well of adventures from first edition that hasn't been uh, brought back in yet. I know what Tui, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because you made me think of this. Uh, Tui is missing the answer to what killed those Krakens on the Isle of Yes, Cortos. we've already been over this. Yes. <laughs> the thing yeah, is, I think Tui has the best chance of answering it. I feel like we were never going to get that answer with 1E. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of uh, fun lore stuff to be had, for sure. Um, I would love to see them, uh, if they did Mythic, also remaster Wrath of the Righteous while doing it. Um, that would be weird because the setting has moved on since then and everything, but it'd be interesting. Um, I mean, they remastered Kingmaker. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's also the trouble now with OGL versus orc content within their setting, mm -hmm. uh, which is a good transition point. Now that we've answered Jan, uh, Jan's question, uh, we we're going to do this bonus banter anyway to talk about yeah. a uh, a development the real thing that a uh, second edition is missing. Well, it's not missing it; it just won't include it's it going forward. It's being retconned. Removed. James uh, Jacobs, like a tumor. My <laughs> beloved has had to do something unfortunate. Uh, so Pathfinder is going through a transition right now um, because of the whole OGL debacle. They're trying to move everything to be orc compatible, which is removing a lot of the uh, OGL stuff from the stuff game that's and replacing very recognizable. it. Recognizable. Yeah. So that's what think, that's. Uh, think red dragons. Think yeah. Bug bears. And and magic missile. And magic this is missile. The whole point Maybe of the whole fireball. <gasps> this is the whole point of the whole Pathfinder remastered thing. It's not even mm -hmm. uh, really about it's it, it's it is an errata, but the like whole reason it's happening is to make the core rules of Pathfinder all be able to be licensed under Orc. 
Like it's not an addition change. Everything from core rulebook will still work. It's you can play either way. Functionally the same. The it's reason, just a lot of things have been reworded. Yeah, the reason there is an errata because they're removing the OGL content, giving it replacements, and then errataing classes to be more in line with using that stuff, right? But you can still play core rulebook version everything. The game still is the same. Um, but the the thing that has been hit the hardest by this move forward is so that's the rule side of it. And like that's, you know, yeah. some people like it, some people don't, but ultimately it's a, it's really a good thing. But the setting side of it is also being affected. And the biggest thing that has been affected is, uh, is me. Yeah. <laughs> there are no longer going to be drow in Pathfinder. Do, do, do. Yeah. They, it's been tried to be pitched a couple different ways, but, and basically in the Galarian setting, drow are being retconned. There's a lot of things that mm -hmm. are being changed, like to like hand wave, oh, well, this monster doesn't exist in the game anymore, so it can't exist in our setting, hand wave, hand wave. But basically, going forward, any new lore books are not going to have any references to drow. Anything. It's going to be Sneeple. Yeah, they're basically Sneeple. sort of being replaced with they were a myth in Serpent Folk, which kind of is going to make some things hard because in 1E they were a thing and they affected like several adventure paths, namely Second Darkness. Well, uh, that never got translated over to Pathfinder anyways. Yeah, but it's still in the setting. Yeah. And this, the events of it still happen. So basically they have to... Drow is like the hardest thing for them because it is... Drow in particular are very... D, D thing. And, yeah. and it's a very beloved thing too. Yeah. And even it, in Pathfinder. A very branded thing for D D though, right? So there's no way they can have dark skinned evil underground elves and get away with them. Oh, these aren't drow. They're they're Gerflarbins, you know? I like Gerflarbins. <laughs> uh, Make that canon. It's very obvious. And like if they want to license this under orc then they're going to leave themselves vulnerable like that should be under OGL because that's a D&D &D yeah. thing so they basically have to retcon it and it sucks um, wizards yeah and I think James Jacobs was also like trying to say well it's not really OGL's fault but the whole reason this is or it's not really Watsi's fault but it's like at the same time the whole reason no, this is happening no, it is is because the of entire that. reason this is happening is because of bad faith from Watsi it's that that big scare at the beginning of the year started yeah. a this whole bunch of this stuff would not have had to happen had the heart of the ogl been capped up yeah this it, is just necessary reaction to an entirely huge legal scare it, it may have happened anyway because they were already leaning towards getting away from the ogl but it certainly happened and maybe because of that i feel like if it hadn't happened like this we would have gotten more retconning we would yeah. have gotten more slow transition away yeah. from it and we yeah. might have been able to keep some uh, of it a subterranean elf species yeah yeah uh, no, rather I think, than serpent folk i think it's 100 percent ogo because like they had been massaging the lore to be less problematic because apparently one e was known as being the edgier version of D D in like the 2010s yeah, Cthulhu, edgy. I, I can see that but like i they're moving away from it being in their mind less problematic and that's fine that's its own discussion but like drow were in 2e they're in bestiary one and they were in an adventure path or two at this point. But don't you know that they're a myth created by a Pathfinder to cover up something worse? I know. Uh, so I, I <laughs> don't think they ever would have. I don't think they ever would have. I, I think that's what they said. Oh. I, I don't think they ever would have like moved. Um, I think they would have just stayed under OGL and been able to use everything from it. 
and it's really not so much what happened in January, but like the build up to December last year where like there was a rumored OGL update. If the OGL update never happened and never oh, crossed yeah. anyone's mind, we yeah. would probably have drow content in 2E and that would all be Might have finally gotten our second darkness remaster. Maybe. Was, <laughs> that's how it appears. Who knows? Maybe they would have eventually done this anyway, but it probably would have been different. And It would have been different. It would have been less ham-fisted. Yes. They probably wouldn't have retconned them, just not focused on them. Yeah. yeah. They would have still been there in the lore. Um but uh, one of the things, I, I, there's a big forum James Jacobs wrote about this, um, or he was responding to. Uh, one of the things he says, we're, tr- we're trying really hard to keep the remastering slash orc version of Galarian the same. But in the case of Drow, we've decided to retcon them. Feel free, of course, to use Drow from our previously published 1 and 2E products going forward, but they won't be in Pathfinder anymore. Plots previously put mm-hmm. forward by Drow will either be dropped or picked up by Serpent Folk. <laughs> Uh, for example, he gives like different things of the lore. Um, I would have loved to see this picked up just like straight up by demons because drow in original Galarian were demon worshippers. I'd love to see them replaced by a subsect of subterranean uh, persuado demons. Right. That look Pasuedo. sort of like elves, <laughs> maybe, but are actually just demon based. Yes. Uh, someone had responded, said, "This decision I cannot agree with. Drow are my second favorite version of elves, and to see them just cast aside like this is wrong." I've already told people at my table and gaming groups I'm telling the opposite, and we'll be panning serpent folk instead of expanding <laughs> drow lore. Well, uh, he says, "I love Pathfinder. I love the drow, and seeing them cast aside in all honesty feels like the, a good friend being dragged away to never be seen the again." The thing is. And this is going to be very specific towards the group that I am in outside of this group. There is a familiarity to drow that is not there with serpent folk. Drow are, in theory, just elves. Like you can have, it's just an elf that's purple. And has dark vision. And has dark, it is the superior (laughs) elf. Uh, And light blindness. It is still the superior elf, okay? You can wear sunglasses. You can't wear dark glasses. <laughs> it's also a matter of like serpent people are not even a cool replacement. Mm-hmm. They could have done something cooler. Like, it's like not the even Subterranean cool. demons. I- I'm sure there are people out there who love Sneeple just as oh, much as we well, love Drow. But well, I hope I that they don't listen to our them. show. And they're a myth. <laughs> but they, they're not they are not cool enough. <laughs> yes, they're a myth created by the Pathfinders. Yeah, yeah, it's, Serpent it's, people should be a race, but they shouldn't be the Drow replacement race. Yeah. This is, we should play Serpent Skull. Now I want to have some Serpent people. Play no. Serpent Skull, but erase all the Serpent folk and replace them with Drow. Yes. Yeah. I'm really glad that we're having the opportunity to play Drow's Skull. <laughs> yes. Uh, James Jacobs responded to this, though, and I think it kind of sums up the pickle that they're in, especially with him being a big creative person for the setting. He says, yeah. I 100% understand and empathize with that position, but it's the way it has to be. Part of being a creative director is making tough decisions. And this mm-hmm. is one that kind of agonized me to make a call for, especially as someone who put a lot of work into recontextualizing the draft for second edition in print in abomination vaults and not in print in some future plans for them <sighs> that we had in the works and were really kind of complicated, but hadn't figured out. Um, uh, and he says he's trying to, in a way that makes the legacies of D and D not problematic and whose favorite RPG character spent most of her adventuring career as a drow before she died in the late campaign and got reincarnated as an aquatic elf. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, it feels like he hates having to make this decision, but uh, he says it has to be done yeah, for the health of the done. company and the game going forward because they and need I, to control their setting. You I know? totally get it. Yeah. However, Not happy about it. However, James Jacob, it. as much as I understand the position you are put in, you have still made a powerful enemy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just sucks. There's no good. It's not like they're doing this willy nilly, but it just sucks that it has to happen. Um, but oh, well. Uh, but before we close out this bonus banter, we have a fun thing to say, an important thing and timely thing. Uh, we recently were celebrating my birthday and my family was over, mom and dad were over. Birth. Uh, and, uh, I'm saying this now because of the episodes that have recently aired, we played board games uh-huh. and specifically we played mousetrap. Yeah. <laughs> I was given one instruction when it came to board games for Derek's birthday. I was not to bring mousetrap. So I bought mousetrap and brought it. <laughs> it was actually really fun. It's shockingly It's different fun. than the mousetrap of our of my childhood. It's a different build. It Vintage was, mousetrap has a different trap. It's more complicated. Yeah. The old one was more complicated. Yeah. This one's much simpler. But like the game itself was also more fun than I remembered. Much yeah. more fun than it's I remember. It's very simple, but it's very fun. And the game, the way like it works is it takes into account the finicky nature of the mousetrap you build on the game board. And it says if the like trap falls on the mice that are there, then you get the cheese or whatever. Yeah. Because sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes it don't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My little diver man goes off course. Yep. It's actually really fun. Highly recommend playing some mousetrap. Go to Target, get mousetrap for 20 bucks. The simpler build really does come down to, does the diver go? Yeah. Yeah. And the old one, there were a lot more ways for it to mess up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. No. It was surprisingly fun to play it as rules written. Yeah. Very fun. It's very simple. I think kids love it. The rules are easy to understand. It was great. Third gallon approved. Third gallon approved. <laughs> we played that. We also played Scooby Doo Betrayal at House in the Hill, which oh, was also really fun. We're just kids. We are. Uh, <laughs> honestly, TBH, the Scooby Doo version of Betrayal at House in the Hill is probably the superior version y'all, of the y'all game. Y'all played. Drow and I mostly did work while y'all played. Drow was Velma. That's fine. You had fun too. I did. I'm not going to lie. I hate tabletop games. Oh, yeah. Was your board games? No. All of them. Yeah. Why are you at this podcast? Because I didn't always. <laughs> this podcast did it to me. Yeah. Uh, yay. Oh, I love board games. I love big, complicated board games. I love simple, fun kid board games. Board games are great. I'm going to put out a podcast oh. me and Jacob playing Lord of the Rings Risk <laughs> for like eight hours. Just audio only. <laughs> no edit. <laughs> Peepus breaks included. Oh, gross. <laughs> I'll be right back. Distant flushing noises. Oh right. 30 minutes later. Uh, well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Bonus Banter. It's another juicy one because uh, stuff keeps happening with uh, PaizoCon and all this uh, fallout from OGL. But thank you for writing in questions. We are always excited to answer them, and we're glad that we have this new format to do it. So we'll catch you in another episode of Bonus Banter very soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bonus Banter. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. If you would like to submit a question or comment for Bonus Banter, please use the Google form linked in the episode description. 
If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We are at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D gallon. We are also on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at thirdgallon. We also publish a video version of this podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon Podcast. The theme music for Bonus Banter was composed by Alexander Nakarada. You can find more of his work at serpentsoundstudios.com and support him at patreon.com slash anakarada. That's patreon.com slash A-N-A-K-A-R-A-D-A. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.